All right, all right, all right, all right. What's happening? What's happening? We are back up and we are live on this podcast here. Tonight, it's Pastor Ferguson. It's Mitchell Harper. It's the Safe House Podcast. We're back in the building. What's going on? Happy New Year. Woo! Yes, Lord. 2024. I promise I've missed you so much. And because I'm seeing something here, if you want to know how real we are, we're the realest podcast on planet Earth. So... You know, at this point, you know, my son has tried to call me twice already knowing that we are actually doing this thing right now. But if he calls me a third time, I'm definitely going to put him on for about a hot second. That's right. So apparently he understands that I am doing something right at this moment. But we're back on back live. Mitchell, how things going, man? Oh, man, we out here living the dream, man. How are you? Man, it's been it's been a week plus, (laughs) you know, oh, what a week it has been. But. God is able. Amen. That's what I got. I I got nothing else. I got that. So if you're online with us right now, we're grateful that you are with us and everything like that. If you're on Facebook, share, share, share. That's what we want you to do. That's what we need you to do. Share, share, share. Announce yourself. We're following all comments from all of our platforms. So let us know that you are in the building virtually. If you're with us, also go on to the homepage and go on to the homepage at ClaireUMC.com. We should be um, rolling, running from there on the homepage. If you're not on that homepage and you're on YouTube, ClaireUMC Stewart is the channel, and you will check us out right there. Share in every spot that you can because we definitely appreciate your support, and I don't think you want to miss out on what we got to say tonight. As always, ClaireUMC. It's a place to be on Sunday at 10 a.m. Every Sunday online in person. We are back with a new series, The Road to Community Wellness, dealing with our church theme scripture out of 3 John. And I promise you, if you were with us last week, I think we got off to a good start. And I need you to be a part of what we're trying to do and trying to see how God is trying to use us to bring our community Mm -hmm. up to a better sense of wellness. So be with us 10 a.m. 
every Sunday online in person, in person, 293 East Barthman Avenue, Columbus, Ohio, 43207. I don't want to waste no more time. Mitchell, let's go to the Lord. Pray for us, my brother. Absolutely. <clears throat> Dear God, we come to you humbly again today just thanking you for seeing us through another year and seeing us into a new year, Lord, and bringing us back to family. Um, and just we we ask that as we uh, we wrestle today, Lord, that you just be with us, keep us focused on you, and keep us uh, just in tune with the fact that, that we are a community who want to grow together, who want to move together, and who want to learn to love you better. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Tonight... We're beginning a series of um, a series of thoughts around this two-word idea: selective outrage. <laughs> Just selective. Selective. All right. Selective outrage. So for the next three weeks, we're going to be dealing with that two-word thought. However, each week is going to have a different. Um, title so tonight we're going to deal with the the root of selective holiness out of acts 5 12 through 42 now i don't think we're going to read every verse <laughs> however i need to lay some groundwork so <clears throat> seems to me seems to me mm -hmm. That we got a whole lot of people that got a whole lot of opinions about a whole lot of stuff. And so much so that folk have decided that in the year of our Lord, 2024, they have decided to overlap and bring their foolishness from 23 into 24. And they've decided to bring their opinions about what it means to be the church from 23 into 24. And people have decided to be outraged about stuff that really is not that deep from last year into this year. And if I may say so myself, and because we're on the internet and because this will be preserved for posterity, I just need to say out the gate, with no hesitation, that church folk make me sick. Oof. Oof. Good, good night, ladies and gentlemen. It was, it was nice. It's nice what we had church, going on. Church, yeah. church, church folk done got on my last nerve. The last one. I don't even know what the last one is. <laughs> but my mama gone. been talking about the last one since I was a kid. But, but, uh, brothers and sisters, I I am so over the selective outrage of people that say that they love Jesus because it's not that people are being um, what's the word I'm looking for? They're not being hypocritical. Mm. No, no, no. Just go with me on this. They're not being hypocritical. And I'm going to tell you why. If we go back a few weeks, some of you would remember 
that I talked about, there is a distinction between being the church as organism, living body of Christ, and church, the organization, Mm -hmm. right? The vehicle by which we do what we do, right? The vehicle, the organization is the vehicle. The church is the living body. And then there is what we got called church culture. Yeah. Church culture is based upon our um, our preferences. Okay? It's based upon our preferences. So church culture is not necessarily being the church. Culture is based upon preferences. And for whatever reason, people have decided that culture means more than being the church. Mm. So let's bring up the whatever controversy as example that that caught everybody all mad and whatever so i gotta bring it up because it, it illustrates a greater issue this thing is not an issue to me but it illustrates and highlights a greater issue yeah so church that uh the dream center Atlanta, georgia Bishop William Murphy, pastor. New New Year's Eve, they have service. Now remember, church is in Atlanta. Everybody say Atlanta. 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 If you gonna go, look, if you ain't in LA and you happen to be in Atlanta, you're gonna find something to do, what? In Atlanta, right? You're gonna find something to do and I, I've been to Atlanta. You can find something to do <laughs> other than go to church on New Year's Eve <laughs> in Atlanta. I'm sure. Okay. Everybody named Mama Nim showed up to the church on New Year's Eve. And they had church on New Year's Eve. And after the sermon was over, 150 people came to Jesus. Mm. That was... The, this is, that should be the end of the story, right? Yeah, that sounds like a win. 150 people became part of that fellowship. The story became about how they ended the service. They decided to play Walk It Out. Oh. And they oh. swag served. Now. All of a sudden, <laughs> everybody had more commentary about the end of the service than what happened during the service because people say that what they did, also, it wasn't church. It, 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 it wasn't church. Yeah. It wasn't church. Now. Now, 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 now. Exactly. 150 people joined the church. 
committed themselves to become, now here's the thing, whether it was for salvation or recommitment or whatever, sure. 150 people made a decision to become a part of a faith community where the faith community has now been given the responsibility to disciple them into becoming all that God wants them to be. Yeah. I just said something. The one thing that people don't have not talked about is the fact that no matter the method, if people come to Jesus, the work is not over. You still got to disciple them after it's over. But people are stuck on how a particular fellowship did a thing. Now, is that because you is that because you think that they think that people who are coming to Christ, they're making an assumption that they're already more fully formed than they already are? I don't think that's I don't think that's what the issue is. Okay. <clears throat> they sh people are showing selective outrage because something doesn't look like their preference. Sure. Yeah. And when something doesn't look like your preference, you have the nerve and the audacity, the unmitigated goal, to try to tell somebody, this ain't it. That sounds like privilege to me. Mm, I didn't know that black folk could have privilege. <laughs> I, did, I didn't know that black people could, could, could have privilege. Oh, my bad. You can have privileged ideas because you can only learn about oppressive tactics from the oppressor. Mm. Mm. I know we're supposed to be in the Bible. I'm trying to establish something here. And I'm glad, and I'm glad, and she she ain't gonna get mad at me, but I'm glad that she's here. Um, Audrey McLean, Chaplain Audrey McLean, doing a great work who's doing a great work in the prison area mm. where people have said that you can't do kingdom work in a prison. Mm. Am I right? That's what they've said, right? Every time I go, Jesus still saving. Let me go further. Everybody's got a problem when you decide to actually do what Jesus says mm. and it doesn't look like what you're comfortable with. And because of that, we now have basically everybody that got anything to say suggesting and going through all the different things about the sacredness of the building, the sacredness of the space, and then going further. This is not of God. Do you know what is of God? <laughs> I'm not trying to cook tonight. No, let's go. You need you need to you need to talk tonight because you got stuff too. You know. <laughs> now, now the last time look, last episode we were on, he said, let me cook, and I did too much talking, but he got stuff too. But I gotta get this out. The problem we have is that people are so cool with being insulated mm -hmm. in spaces that they don't realize that they are wasting the gift of God 
putting it somewhere where nobody can see it and where it ain't getting used. Ain't nobody going to see what I'm doing up in here. Ain't nobody going to see what I really believe about Jesus up in here. Not for real. That's why we got streaming. That's why sometimes you got to go somewhere else. What? You've got to actually go out and see folk. And guess what? Introduce yourself by your actual name. Not your title. Mm. When I see people that happen to be on the step, they tell me their name. I do not lead with doctor, pastor, reverend, none of it. Because they don't care about that when their situation is not the greatest. Right. And how in the world are we going to reach anybody if we're not willing to meet them where they are? Yep. So tonight, my angst is that I'm tired of everybody that's got selective outrage about stuff and you ain't willing to do anything to change anybody's life. And for the next three weeks, my goal and my intent is to burn the house down. That is my intent. Mark it. Share it with somebody. Quote it. Tell somebody I said it. And I will double down and add more to it. Because it is time out for us acting like a bunch of country club snobs when it comes to faith. Go. <laughs> I ain't. I wasn't. About to, I wasn't about to stop the frying pan, boy. You, you, you was cooking. Um, my statement is: a lot of these haters don't know, nor do they understand, how necessary they are. <laughs> because my Bible has has shown me multiple occasions that the hate was necessary for God to show up. Without the ear being chopped off, Jesus can't put it back on. I get you. So as much as I am I am on board with uh, smashing the snobbery, I am st- still in the mindset of this conversation today doesn't happen without it. This teaching moment doesn't happen without it. You're absolutely right. And that's why now we can go to the text Mm -hmm. for this reason. Now, there's a reason why it's so many verses. Because the the key, the key to the whole text is not is not yet. But we need to paint an entire picture. Okay? We need to paint an entire picture. So if you could. Acts 5, we're starting at verse 12. Give give us 12 through 16. 12 through 16. Okay. Yeah. Now many, yeah. Now many signs and wonders were regularly regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest dared join them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So that, they even, so that they even carried out the sick 
into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. That's something worth shouting about, right? That, that, that. Folk getting healed, folk coming, folk learning. Great, right? This is great, right? We all agree, right? This is actually good. Yeah. Okay? Let us turn the corner. I'm going to start at 17. But here but. we go. That, that conjunction, that ugly conjunction, but nullifies everything prior, right? But the high priest rose up, and all who were with him, that is the party of the Sadducees, and filled with jealousy, they arrested the apostles and put them in public prison. But during the night, <laughs> an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, go and stand in the temple and speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard this, they entered the temple at daybreak and began to teach. <laughs> now, when the high priest came and those who were with him, they called together the council, all the senate of the people of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them, bought, have them brought. But when the officers came, they did not find them in the prison, so they returned and reported. We found the prison securely locked and the guards standing at the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now, when the captain of the temple, the chief priest heard about them, wondering what this would come to. Wait, wait, hold on. I messed that up. Now, when the captain of the temple, the chief priest heard these words, they were greatly perplexed about them, wondering what this would come to. And someone came and told them, look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain with the officers went and brought them, but not by force. Mm -hmm. For they were afraid of being stoned by the people. Interesting. When they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest questioned them, saying, we strictly charged you not to teach in this name. Yet here you have filled Jerusalem with your teaching. Mm. And you intend to bring this man's blood upon us. But Peter and the apostles answered, we must obey God rather than men. Mm -hmm. we, we'll, we'll go further in a minute. They're doing exactly what Jesus told them to do. Mm -hmm. And they're doing it regardless of what's going on and results are happening. The evidence is in the result. Yeah. Didn't the, didn't the earlier text say they were bringing people that were sick into the streets? And even if Peter didn't touch them, that at minimum, the shadow? Yeah. Do you know how much Holy Ghost got to be on you? 
that the shadow, you, you, you so anointed, you anointed to the point where you want God to use you in such a way that your shadow is accomplishing what God wants you to do. Yeah. That should make people happy. So then what happened? <laughs> Think about this. 17, 17, look, yeah, yeah, 17. A high priest rose up and everybody that was with him. And it says what? And filled with jealousy. jealousy. They were jealous. Just mad for no reason. And out of jealousy, they arrested them. Out of jealousy, they tried to get rid of them. And God said to them in the middle of the night, in the middle of a prison, check this out. I need you to go back and keep on doing what I told you to do. And I'm going to go ahead and get you up out of here. So make sure you go on to the temple, get ready, and keep on preaching. They exit. They come back to get them. And they said, when we left here, <laughs> the prison doors were locked. Mm. I did my job. Don't look at me. Don't look at me. Let me let me let me do something. I see it. I see it in the chat. Hey Robin, I'm glad that you put it in the chat. Um I want I want you to be in line. It's Acts the fifth chapter, verses twelve through forty-two. I want to make sure that everybody's where they need to be. So I'm glad that you went ahead and said that. Thank you. The, they're doing what God, what Christ was calling them to do. They get thrown in jail. God lets them out. Priests can't find them. They find them in the temple. But this time, they go to arrest them, but it says they didn't take them by force. Yeah. Because now their jealousy, they went from jealousy to now dealing with fear. Yep. I still want to get rid of you, but I'm afraid that the people are going to rise up. And you read the same thing I read, right? And stone us. So, so what is it? What what are they missing in terms of just acknowledging the fact that maybe Peter and the apostles are giving the people something that they need, and why aren't they able to? If they know that the people rock with them like that, what's the disconnect? Think about think about the um, consider this one of the most interesting things from my dissertation study years ago was the progression, if you will, of the temple and its position mm -hmm. within the context of Israel. Yeah. The temple was supposed to be what Solomon prayed in um, Second Chronicles 6. Didn't end up being that. When he prayed that prayer of consecration and dedication. It was that at one time. And over time, the temple went from being a place of prayer to a national safety deposit box mm. to becoming a treasure chest 
for the priest mm-hmm. to being a place of religious manipulation. We don't know nothing about that. We know plenty about that. <laughs> we ain't going to be passive tonight. We know plenty about that. And you know why we know plenty about that? Because, once again, we don't learn lessons. Mm. A church that is motivated by the stuff that they can gain and the notoriety they can gain from the number of people that show up. And I am not talking about churches that have a lot of people. I'm talking about the motivations of places. I do not knock places that can have two, three, four, five, ten thousand folk. And you know why I don't knock them? Because more than likely they're riding in the lane they're supposed to ride in. But then there are some that are doing as um, Paul said we shouldn't be doing, you know, saying I'm of having people say I'm of Paul, I'm of Apollos, mm-hmm. I'm of Peter, I'm of Christ. Because he raises the question, is Christ divided? And the truth of the matter is Christ isn't divided, but we are. Mm-hmm. We don't, we don't, Paul said, I don't do this to gain a following for myself. I am not motivated by that. But the response of the priests, if we just take what we've read so far, they are motivated by maintaining their way of life, not doing all that they are purposed to do, hoping that the people will always settle for the brand of religion that they now have and never walking fully in truth, mm-hmm. never walking in the understanding that there is a fulfillment in serving Christ. So then what, what is... What is the high priest expectation for the people, for the apostles in this moment? Like, like obviously obedience, sure. But like, obviously, other than the fact that they don't believe that Jesus was the Messiah, mm-hmm. like what's their beef? Or, or, or what, are, what, what are they expecting the people to believe that's so counter to what Peter is teaching? They, they... Let's look at how it's morphed, right? Mm-hmm. Jesus said, my father's house is a house of prayer, but you have made it what? Then a thieves. Yeah. Right? That was not the intent. Right. I did not come to destroy the law, but I came to fulfill, fulfill it, it. Yeah. which means that the law that was established was not established for you to use it in an oppressive manner, but to give you an understanding on how to live. Yeah. Right? You may not be robbing me and robbing my pocket, but you might be robbing me of opportunity to encounter God. You see what I mean? Mm -hmm. Thou shalt not steal. But every time you come in here and take away an opportunity for me to encounter God, you're stealing from me. No, I'm not. I'm trying to teach you. And no, every time that you say that I can't come in here because you consider me to be unclean. Right. 
but I know that an encounter with God could change my whole life. You are taking from me. But that's not stealing. It is. <laughs> so you, so we have a people in this text mm -hmm. that have taken the law, brought it into legalism, where they put more emphasis on keeping the Sabbath day rather than the spirit of the Sabbath, which is what? When everything was good. God created everything six days and on the seventh. He rested. But why did he rest? Because he looked and everything was good. And if everything is good, that means it's complete. You can't have Sabbath unless you are complete. So it don't matter if your Sabbath is on Friday night to Saturday night or if it's on Saturday or if you are doing it on Sunday. If you are not whole, mm -hmm. it's hard to have Sabbath. Yeah. In other words, it's hard to have rest. And that's why we have seven-day-a-week work weeks, because we don't believe in Sabbath. That's why we have oppressive stuff in um, economic ways. That's why, that's why people will always debate about minimum wage, because they don't believe that minimum wage should actually be a working wage. Because I want to maintain a system that keeps people locked down. I don't want to hear any old kind of music in my church service because I don't think it's church. And because I don't think it's church, I don't want it up in here. And they don't realize that all you are saying is you want to be a country club member rather than find a way to reach folk where they are. Why would I quote? Why would I quote song lyrics that everybody know that ain't got nothing to do with being in a hymnal? Because <laughs> people will click to that. Everybody don't know, guide me, oh thou great Jehovah. Mm. Everybody don't know that. But guess but guess what people do know? You know, eh, you know, and you know, people want to know about um about having what having having um, confidence and you know a good self image, I can tell you have a good self image and all that stuff. But guess what? We deal with a whole other generation that needs affirmations, right? Sometimes you're not going to understand a King James version of an affirmation, but you do understand all my mama, all my hood. I look fly. I look good. Come on. And people are debating about X, Y, and Z because they sound like these folk who will throw people in prison, do all this other stuff, and attempt, we'll go further, but will attempt to diminish the work God wants to do through you. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm intrigued by the phenomena of, like, oppressed people having some sort of access to power and then using that power to oppress more people and how I, I don't even really know how to say like how how do you miss how do you miss it how do you miss it because there's 
and see, I don't want to bleed over into next week, mm. but I need to make a bridge for next week. The reason that happens is because there's a difference between there's a difference between kingdom workers and plantation overseers. At a, all right. <laughs> so that that I'll 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 dig into that more next week, but let me build the bridge first. Because I'm glad that y'all shocked that I said it. <laughs> There's a difference between kingdom and empire. Mm. And if you ain't writing these notes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unpack that. Let's let's unpack this. First of all, a kingdom, a kingdom is where the monarch is responsible for the well-being, growth, development, all these different things of the people in that domain. That means whether you are, um, whether you are royalty, or you are, um, what are the, or you, you're a sire, you whatever, and you're a peasant. No matter who you are, the monarch is responsible for every person yeah. thriving under the crown. Everyone, an empire seeks to strip away the uniqueness of every region in which it comes to and place a monolithic idea or concept and impose it upon a people and eliminate those who refuse and keep those who bend. Assimilation. Notice the difference between the two. In the kingdom, notice what I didn't say. The king or queen, the monarch, does not make anyone strip themselves of their uniqueness. Because the monarch's responsibility is for the way, total wholeness and well-being of everyone. Everyone got a role. But the, the main objective is the whole kingdom has to be good. And if the kingdom is good, guess what happens? Others on the outside will either admire or have envy. Yeah, FOMO. Yeah. As to why the kingdom functions well. But an empire will stamp out any uniqueness you have. I'm bringing this story up because I am now I I have completed my fifth year here, and we are now into year six. The only thing I ever asked of Claire United Methodist Church, the only thing I ever asked, was I asked that you would allow me to be myself, mm. and if you let me be myself. You will, you will discover that I will always allow you to be yourself. And, people, and initially, people didn't understand what that looked like. And people had a view of what church looked like. Then a pandemic happened. Mm. Then church looked different. 
church looked very different. Church looked like a pastor getting up with every possible shirt <laughs> that was not a collar or anything else. And then the first time we come back, an individual that is in this space right now looked at me the first Sunday back and asked me straight up, no, didn't ask me, said to me when I decided to wear a button-down shirt to look, quote-unquote, presentable by choice, she said, and I quote, I miss the T-shirt. And in my head, you know what I said? Say less. Me too. <laughs> and the next week, <laughs> I was back into form. And since then, I come pretty much any way I feel because the goal is the wellness and well-being of the people through the gospel, through ministry, and everything else. And if we do that right, then we're doing the kingdom right. Go ahead, Nick. Um, church had changed because of COVID. One, I was just like, well, to break down certain barriers, I guess you could look at COVID as, you know, in a positive light. Like a lot of people who were iffy and only saw church in one way, that idea or notion is probably shattered by just like, you know, just like experiencing COVID. Um, but my question was, do you think it's, and if it's not even strictly one way or the other, definitely you can <clears throat> expand on it. But do you think it's devolved or evolved? And I don't mean necessarily uh, has church got better, like, as I'm trying to say, not like the, not necessarily uh, just the progression of the mission, because the mission is going to always continue. I'm guessing this time I am asking about the culture. Do you think, because I've, what I've seen is more inclusive inclusivity i guess people stop being that scared to go to church because that was a lot of people's like reasoning from what i've seen um i would say i would say church culture got rocked mm -hmm. and the church finally woke up i think we understood that let me just, just in case it wasn't understood what I just said. Church culture got rocked hard because I remember in the beginning of the pandemic, so many preachers, pastors were determined. I mean determined to keep the church doors open, would not listen to reason about masking, anything else. There were, in a particular denomination, many pastors who were saying, I believe God to keep us. They kept dropping dead left and right because they were determined to hold on to the, to the culture that Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. That's scripture. But what happens when you're not forsaking it, but you can't do it? You see what I mean? What happens when you, 
No, let me back up and say it right. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> what happens when you were already forsaking the assembly by taking it for granted in the first place? And then the assembly is taken away. That's what happened. People forsaking may mean that you took it for granted. Isn't that the shadow that the entire New Testament is like? These people have a place where they worship. One place where they worship, right? And then at some point, you know, in 70, that gets taken away from them. That temple is no longer there. And the whole story of Jesus is sort of this encapsulation of like tearing that curtain and, and, and making it accessible whether there's a temple or not, right? Mm -hmm. And so like I don't understand how we can get so caught up in... Why do we think our God is so small that it has to be if we're not in church, if we're not in the building, if, you know, we can't have these cameras, we can't have all these different ways that we choose to build worship because it's not the way that we've always done it. Because you just said it. Our God is small. Mm. God ain't small. See how someone caught that list there? Our God is small, mm -hmm. but God is not small. Yeah. So with all these things that are happening, who you serving? Mm -hmm. The God I serve don't need my help. Yeah. Don't don't need my help. Don't don't need me to defend. God is God. Period. End of story. Let's go home. You know what I mean? But folk that feel like they got to defend and they got to do it a certain way, that God is small. It's small. Yeah, okay. And God is much bigger. God, in, 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 the, in the terminology of the seminary being using inclusive language, God, God's self, yep. is bigger than that. Go ahead. To that, too. <clears throat> I just also feel as though, like, you know, Omni, like being omniscient and everything like that, God is like he he understood times were going to change. He understood why he the plan is we're the ones that are getting caught off guard with everything. Mm -hmm. So like yeah, he knew technology was going to come out, and I'm pretty sure that was factored into the mission as well. Because like again, God's the perfect architect. Like I, it's just you get you get what I'm saying. It, yeah. it, it seems like this is definitely just overthinking it. Well, no, it's not over. It's really not. No, I'm talking no. about how people how people are like trying to like make it like, oh, you can't do a podcast for for Bible study. Oh, it doesn't look good that they're dancing out of church. I'm saying that stuff. I'm like, you're. I, I think you're just. I think you're speaking for God. And I, mm. we have a book here <laughs> that does. Wait, 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 wait. Say say it exactly the way you said it. Say it again exactly the way you just said it. I think you're speaking for God, and, like, we, we have a book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go back to that book for a second, mm -hmm. because I want to get to the crux, because I want to get to the crux of this thing, because we're, we're, doing, we're doing good on time, but we're almost there. Yeah. 
Um, we stopped at 29. So let's go to 30. The God of our fathers raised Jesus, whom you killed by hanging him on a tree. God exalted him at his right hand as leader and savior to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are witnesses to these things. And so is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Here we go. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. <laughs> they wanted to kill them. <laughs> they, they wanted to stab Nick for the one time and kill him. After they told them straight to their face, y'all put him on the cross. Y'all, y'all, you did this. You did this. And they got mad, and they wanted to kill him. Now, let's get to the good part, mm -hmm. 33. When they heard this, they were enraged and wanted to kill them. But, 34, a Pharisee in the council named Gamiel, a teacher of the law held in honor by all the people, stood up and gave orders to put the men outside for a little while, okay? And he said to them, men of Israel, take care what you are about to do with these men. For before these days, Thutius rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. He was killed, and all who followed him were dispersed and came to nothing. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up in the days of the census, and he drew away some of the people after him. He too perished, and all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone. For if this plan or this undertaking is of man, it will fall. It will fail. But if it's of God, you will not be able to overthrow them. You might even be found opposing God. Mm -hmm. So they took his advice, and when they had called in the apostles, they beat them and charged them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. Then they left the presence of the council rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not cease teaching and preaching that Christ is Jesus. They wanted 
to kill them. But a lawyer that everyone respected stood up. Now, I've heard this story a million times, and people have exegeted it wrong to me. They said that they asked him. No, the text says he stood up. Mm -hmm. And the lawyer stood up saying, hey, man, let them out and let's talk. And he gave examples of uprisings and of movements that came to nothing. He is not an apostle. He is not a preacher. He's not a priest. He's just on the council. He's none, none of this religious stuff, but this is what he said. If it's of man, it's going to fail. But if this is of God, there ain't a thing you can do about it. And then he added this one on. And you might be found opposing God. Mm-hmm. The lawyer had more sense than the priest. Now, his revelation brings about five things that we need to leave with because it is the revelation of this of this lawyer that brings to mind five things about sticking with kingdom business and not debates about methods. First thing is you need to recognize the mission of the kingdom first. The thing that motivated the disciples was not notoriety. It was doing the work of the kingdom. They were determined to do the work in such a way that they were willing to go to jail, be beaten, struck down for getting up every day and preaching the same gospel every time. They wanted people liberated in their minds, their hearts, and their spirits. And they were determined to do it at any cost. And we have talked about this. Everybody doesn't have a price that they're willing to pay. So when they see someone saying, I'm all in, they look a certain way anyway. Because you really really willing to go down this road? Eventually, you have to put your money where your mouth is. And them boys did. Go to the temple and preach this thing say less, and they kept doing it, 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 and they kept doing it, and they kept doing it. They got arrested. They got beat up. They did this. They were going to get executed if it was not for the reasoning of a lawyer among them. But they kept going. The end of the text says what? They counted They counted it what? (laughs) Worthy. Worthy to suffer dishonor for the name. In other words, they they thank God for the opportunity 
to deal with the disrespect because the name of Jesus was that more pow- much more powerful. Got to know what the mission is. So when you say the mission of the kingdom, mm-hmm. I think I think that's that's something that we would say in church. Mm-hmm. If I'm somebody coming in first time off the street, mm-hmm. and somebody says you need to know the mission of the kingdom, what does that mean? Basically, first of all. The good, the good news is I would never in the world, never in life, <laughs> start saying stuff like this to the, to the quote-unquote average person. The mission of the kingdom is basically what? Go, go with the message of liberation. To set the captive free. To cause them to come into a space where they become all that God intends for them to be, to move out of being in the space of being, the space of being in bondage to whatever that is, to coming into a place of freedom and liberation that only Christ can offer, right? That's through the word, that's through salvation, that's through um, fellowship with your fellow brothers and sisters, that is all those different things, right? But we exercise that by the way we walk, talk, and live. We exercise that by what we quote it in Matthew 28, but we don't believe it half the time. Go. Yeah. Everybody's like, no, come. No, 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 no. <laughs> the Bible says for us to go. Yep. It is not for us to look at folk and say, come. That's not what the commission says. It says for us to go. We want people to come. Well, if you want people to come here, you got, got to, to go. go. You, wait, how you, wait, our pa- no, 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 no. Not our pastor is the best thing in the world. No, no, no. Not our choir the best thing in the world. No. You go with a message of liberation that folk will come into a f- place of freedom. Freedom is in Christ, and it comes through this word. It doesn't come through all the accoutrement of church. People been getting saved before church buildings were being built. You want to you want to build bigger and better, and you can't even fill up half the. What? Why? Huh? So, when you recognize the mission first, here comes the next thing: you got to assess your ego. Mm. Now, now unpack. Unpack ego. I feel like ego. I have. I used to have a very specific thing in my mind of what ego was, mm-hmm. and I feel like it was always just a, an overinflated sense of of self. Mm-hmm. Um, but as I've gotten older, as I've you know gone through therapy and all these other things, I, I understand that like sometimes your ego is just literally your desire to control the perception of whatever it is you're trying to do, and your ego oftentimes gets bruised when you can't dictate to other people how they should react to the things that you are doing. I don't need to unpack it. You just unpack oh, it. Oh, okay. Right. Good job. <laughs> yeah, go ahead and cook. Go ahead and cook. But that's, but that's it. If I'm not in control, if I'm not in control of it, it ain't getting done. 
that's wrong. Yeah. When I understand that God is the only one that can give me the ability to do what I do, then I and I submit to that. And there's that S word nobody likes in any context. When I submit myself to God, I recognize that I can't do without the help of the Lord. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. Jealousy was the reason that these disciples got arrested. It was not because they were breaking the law. Right. It was because it, it didn't, the text was explicit. They were jealous. Now imagine a whole new movement happening and going on, and you can't get the house full. Yeah, let's talk about it. The reason that a lot of pastors get in these debates and all this stuff and try to all of a sudden knock whatever's happening in somebody else's church yep. is because they can't get nobody in theirs. Oops. Oops. If you got that much time to talk about what other people are doing, that means you are wasting time on what you should be doing. Mm. And I'm willing to bet that there are cats on my timeline, on my friends list, that I know for a fact that they've been trying to roast and do all this stuff with all these other people. They ain't doing the job God apparently was supposed to call them to. Mm. Because if you got that much energy to talk about what other folk are doing, that means you have eliminated your time that you should invest in what you should be doing in your lane. Here's the worst part of being, here's the worst part about being, here's the worst part about being a pastor in 2024. You find too many people that are in a sprint with you and they keep on trying to cross the lane. Mm. Anybody, anybody that's ever run track or really watched track, in the sprints, you have to stay in your 100, 200, even the 400. You got to stay in your lane. Those are the sprints. But once you get into the 800 and the 1500 and all those, that is when after a period, you then bunch up yep. and then you got to fight your way through. So what you do in ministry in your space is actually more of a sprint. Wow. I love when revelation is hitting. People be like, living for Christ is a marathon. It is. Mm -hmm. But the work you do ain't nothing but a sprint. Because it only lasts for so long. Mm -hmm. So you better stay in your lane. Because if you veer into somebody else's lane, you'll not only, you, you, you'll get disqualified. Yeah. How are you going to disqualify yourself from a race where everybody wins? Huh? And all you had to do was what you were supposed to do in the first place. Everybody, the <laughs> only time that everybody gets a participation trophy and it actually means something is if you stay in your lane in kingdom work. And somebody will say, well, prove it. Well, you know that story of the farmer that was hiring a bunch of people throughout the day? Mm. And at the end of the day, all the different workers that came at different times, everybody got paid the same thing. And then some that were there all day, they got mad. Why we get paid the same as the one that came at the end? You know what, the, you know what we should be considering? If everybody's going to get the same reward, then it's not necessarily about whether or not you are working or not. God's going to honor your work. 
But there may be a point where your work is only honored based upon your own effort mm. or your attitude. So if I'm there at the beginning of the day and I'm pacing myself, why should I get mad at the person that came at the end of the day and possibly did as much as I did? Outworked me, yeah. In an hour mm-hmm. where I had eight to do the same thing. Everybody. People need to understand, stay in your lane. And the way you stay in your lane is to keep your ego in check. There are things you can control that God allows you to control. And there are stuff that you better let God handle and be willing to let God use you to handle it. Mm. There's a difference. Oh, man. Yeah, I think about uh, I think about what it takes in terms of just having your ego in check to be in front of a body that you know actively doesn't believe what like what you believe for Peter to be able to come in front of whatever, whatever this is, the Israeli Senate, the Sanhedrin, whatever, whatever it is. And to be able to say, nah, not only is this what you threw me in prison for what I believe I'm going to double down on it. I'm going to expand it. I'm going to say something that I know that you don't accept. Cause I'm going to talk about the fact that you hung him from a tree the fact that he raised from the dead and the Sadducees don't even believe in the resurrection of the dead. Mm -hmm. So like, I'm telling you something that I know there's no way that you're ever going to hear me on and how easy it would have been to know that that jealousy and that power have combined, how easy it would be to just be like, all right, y'all got me. But the, but part of the reason that he's able to deal with that, I believe is the fact that he's had his face busted so many times before this. Yeah. Because think about it. He was the biggest mouth, <laughs> but he had his face broken a few times. Yeah. Peter, you going to deny me. I'll never do it. And then when it came time, sure enough, he did it. And when he did it, he went in a blaze of glory. Yeah. He cussed people out on the way. Yeah. Ain't you the one that nah, 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 player, that ain't me. Nah, I've seen you before. Nah, you got somebody else. Stop snitching. Right, <laughs> and then he'd be like, and then he'd like, nah, nah, you that brother. Listen here, Oof. <laughs> that's exactly what happened, and you know he had that spirit. Yeah, and then when the cock crowed, he ran in shame. Yeah, but he ran in shame, but he forgot what Jesus said. He he heard the first part and tried to deny it, but he missed the second part until it was later. You're gonna deny me, but. I've prayed for you mm. that when you come back, you'll be able to strengthen the brothers. I know you're going to fail, but I've already prayed that you come back to do what you need to do. So, again, so he. Well, I was just going to say that yeah. growth from that moment of, deni- of denial because you're afraid of that association to now understanding that the persecution that comes with that association is the reward. Yes. That's a a whole. That's that's growth. That's a whole different thing. So, he's up. He's dealing with egotistical people, and he's a recovering ego. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he had to assess it. He had to assess it in doing the work. The disciples had to assess it in doing the work. But these fools didn't assess it because they came after him out of jealousy. Yeah. So that means you got to also examine your motives. 
And as you examine your motives, guess, you, guess what you're going to find out? God is not subject to your opinion. Mm. God, mm. God, God is not subject to your opinion. Your opinion don't count in the work of God. Well, and that's exactly what he says, right? What's he say? He says, uh, he said, we must obey God rather than men. Like we, we, we literally don't feel like we have any other choice, right? Any other choice, whatever you tell us, if it's in opposition to what Jesus has taught us, I can't get down with that. And take it on the other side of the opinion part. Look at the, look at the court. One man stood up in the midst of the court he's a part of and mm -hmm. says, listen, yeah. you better be careful in what you're thinking about doing. That's literally what he said. Be careful in what you're thinking about doing. And I'm going to give you the example. Here are all these things that failed. But Broham, let me tell you, if it's of man, it will go out on its own. It's going to fail. And I gave you every example of failure. But if it's of God, ain't a thing you can do about it. And you don't want to be on the wrong side mm -hmm. of God. That's, that's what he It's not just you can't stop what God's doing. It's the other part. You don't want to be on the other side of God in this matter. Now that, again, it did not come from a priest. It did not come from the high priest. High priest wanted them killed. Think about this. It came from a lawyer, a teacher of the law. Mm -hmm. Came from a lawyer. Say, look, I got good enough sense to know. God, you don't want to get in the way of that bullet train. Man, it'll fail, fail, fail. But I, I love how he frames it not as I fully believe in what these dudes are talking about. Right. What he is saying is that these are people essentially made in God's image who are before you, who you have a requirement to respect. You have a requirement to treat as such, as a child of God. And it's not even about me trying to push their agenda. It's about us being about us holding ourselves to a standard that's higher than where we're achieving right now. And that's why, and that's why reasonable people are never, I'm going to say this part and then the last thing, but it's, this is why reasonable people are shunned in church culture. Mm. The reason they're shunned is because they make you think. This man made everybody that he associated with think. Yeah. You's talking about killing these dudes. I'm telling you, you better consider something different. Because, man, if you do this, and this is a God thing, mm -hmm. you don't want to be on that side of the equation. That was not a church matter. That was a literal God matter. Well, especially because we're already talking about a situation where it's not like it's not like Peter is the Messiah. Right. We're already talking about the dude that y'all <laughs> nailed to a tree. Yes. Hung from a cross. Yes. And this is the aftermath of that. So it's, like y'all, if y'all think that y'all gonna squell it 
by killing this dude, he's going to have five more just like him come out the woodwork. And that's why the last thing is we got to understand that interference is costly. Mm. Interference is costly. So in determining the cost of that interference, can you talk about the role of of discernment? Um, because I'm sure that there are times where you where you need to interfere, where you where you need to to step in. But the can you talk about that ability to determine when you should, when you shouldn't, how you should, how you shouldn't? When you're exa- when you recognize when you recognize the atmosphere, you recognize the space, right? Uh, what do we call it? Reading the room. Mm-hmm. Are we reading the room? They weren't reading the room. Look at every point in that in the scripture. They weren't reading the room. When when they first arrested them, mm-hmm. they should have read the room. Folk were getting healed. Folk were getting delivered. Just let look. Let them cook and just go on about your business. Because they're having an experience. Whether you like it or not, maybe if you're smart, you should capitalize on it possibly. You know, all that kind of thing. We, we, you know, the, uh, the situations where people get <laughs> arrested in the park because they're giving out food. Yes. But because they don't have the proper permit, it's like, okay, but like, all right, city of whatever, whatever. Y'all the ones with hungry people sitting in the park that you're not doing anything about. Exactly. So don't get mad at me because <laughs> there's an issue here that you won't solve. So... Do I fix this? Do I do the things I need to do to fix the system that is ha- causing things to be whatever? Or do I just allow it to continue and only put a band aid on it? Or do I just move out of the way? You see mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Think about it. The next time they interfered, they interfered out of their, out of their what? They interfered out of their anger, arrogance, all that kind of stuff, right? And it was out of that that they came the next time after they got out of prison, all that stuff, they put their hands to them, but they didn't take them violently, mm-hmm. and they read the room. We're not going to take them away violently because we're worried that they'll stone us. So they read the room, but they were still in their feelings. Only to save their own behind. Right. <laughs> but then behind closed doors, they talking about killing these brothers because they were still angry. But one read the room and said, if this thing is of God, no matter what you do, you cannot stop this. Mm-hmm. But help us, God. If it's of man, it'll it'll go by the wayside on its own. And maybe, just maybe, if we started getting a fear of God like that again, mm. maybe we wouldn't have these conversations anymore. And I'm hoping that after this week, next week, and the week after, even if the conversations come up, we can reference some for some folk and be like, "Look, we can at least have some grace in the in the midst of the conversation." Get get excited, get excited over change, but then get back to work of discipling, and maybe we'll have a stronger kingdom for the sake of Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. God, thank you for tonight for what it means it represents. I pray that as we go through 
these next few weeks, that you would give us wisdom, understanding, and the ability to speak clearly, to speak truth to power, so that people may have the experience they need to be all that they're meant to be. Bless your people that have come, that have joined us online, that even in replay have come, just to gather what has been said and what's been done. And I pray that if it doesn't encourage, that it will at least disrupt what has always been so they can become what you intend. Guide us and direct us going forward. May the grace of God be with us all. Keep us all as we continue to do our work to live out the best way possible for you. In the powerful name of Jesus the Christ, amen. Amen. We will see you next week at 6.30. Tell a friend, share with a friend, know that God is with you. And then we'll also see you this Sunday, 10 a.m., back here on all of our platforms for worship. God bless you. Thank you.